Good morning and welcome everybody. You are listening to Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 or 88, depending on where you are, in this great country that we call Australia. You are listening to the delayed broadcast of The Breakfast Show. The delayed broadcast indeed. Yes. But it doesn't have to be that way. No. Our listeners can join in the live show if they want to. Absolutely. How do they do that? Well, Mon, you simply uh, jump online and go to faithfm.com.au and press play. Easy as that. Or and? get the TuneIn app. Uh-huh. And if you grab the TuneIn app, of course, you put it on your phone and you can listen to it anywhere you go. Uh, it's actually the best way to do it. It's a free app. You can get the free version of it and uh, you can uh, listen to it through your Bluetooth in your car, through your aux cord in your car. And if you are really old-fashioned like me and drive a really old car like I do that still has a factory tape player in it, <laughs> I have a tape insert okay. that just plugs into my aux cord. Oh, those things are great. I yeah, love well, those. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. It like, costs you like two bucks online. Yeah, yeah, they're good. Yeah. But if you do download our TuneIn app, you will have to search for Faith FM Australia. Make sure you look for that one in the, uh, in the list of radio stations that you can be listening to. Uh, but Lyle, let me ask you, what are you grateful for this morning? I am grateful for lots of things at the moment with all of this rain that we've been having. I'm grateful for the sun that is eventually going to come out. I'm not quite sure <laughs> when. Maybe it's going to rain for 40 days and 40 nights, but uh, we shall see. And dry everything out. Actually, it's not raining outside right now, but it did rain last night. It was raining just before as well. Yeah. yeah. So I'm sort of grateful. I'm sort of grateful both ways at the moment for the weather, but we're going to talk more about that in a moment, except it will be the delayed weather. Uh-huh. Yes. And, uh, oh, actually, we're not going to talk about the weather at oh, all. No, we're not. Yeah, no. Yeah, because this is the delayed broadcast, so we'll, we'll, we'll skip that bit. Yeah, just look outside. Yeah. <laughs> you have a window. You know what's happening. <laughs> well, do you know what I'm grateful for this morning, Lyle? What are you grateful for? I am grateful for babies. In particular, the royal baby. Are you clucky? No. But come on, it's cute. It looks the it's same cute. as every other baby. All babies look the same. They're only for a Small, little while. red and shriveled. <laughs> Make us sound like a sultana. <laughs> and they have four functions. Yeah. They eat, they poop, they scream, they sleep. <laughs> yeah, that's an easy life, easy yeah, existence. Easy existence. Well, congratulations to uh, Kate and Wills and their latest addition to the royal family. Yeah. Doesn't have a name yet. We get we guess we find out in the next few days. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I reckon maybe Arthur. Arthur would be a cool name. Yeah, it's a, definitely a uh, a royal name. Yeah. I think they should go with one of the um one of the old um Saxon names. The Saxons used to have the coolest names for their kings, you know, like Egbert and Ethelbert and <laughs> Ethelred and That poor child. <laughs> no, he's a prince and everyone's uh <laughs> everyone's knows about him but he has a crazy name. <laughs> yeah. Well we're gonna have some great programming coming up, so stay tuned and enjoy the show.
Welcome back, everybody. We were listening to Audrey Asad with Holy, Holy, Holy here on Faith FM. And Mon, what's for? what have you got for our quiz for today? Okay, so we are going to do a Who Am I quiz. <clears throat> I'm going to give you the first clue. This is a character out of the Bible. Mm-hmm. I went into seclusion for five months. That's all, this, that, that's all it says? That's all it says. It doesn't I went- say anything more than that. I mean, it does, but they're later clues. It says, I went into seclusion for What's with five all the hard months. ones lately? <laughs> yeah. all the hard ones. It's love- like three hard ones in a row. That's against the rules. Confused Lyle is the best Lyle. If you think five, you know five, the five, answer. Five, what what, what kind of a quiz is I that? i got to give the people the number. <laughs> 1-800-FAITH-FM. It's 1-800-324-843. Or you can text me 0491-064-669. You can even just jump on our Facebook if that's easier. Message our Facebook page, which is Facebook. FM Australia, and uh, we will send you the prize, which today is going to be the Tell the World DVD, very popular DVD. Oh, yes, Keep selling out at the bookstore. So, mm-hmm. so, so uh, this is a, this is a conspiracy. I'm convinced this is a conspiracy. <laughs> We've come here to Big Camp, and and Mon, you've you've just saved up all of the ridiculously hard Look, ones. We're here at camp. We're surrounded Five by Christian seclusion. believers. There could be lots of people. There's lots of people in the Bible that went into seclusion for periods of time. But this one's specifically for five months. And it's it's not that hard of a character. Like, it's not like some some obscure character. It was just a, a bit more of a harder clue to start with. So, don't have a tantrum just yet. They'll get easier, <laughs> maybe. It's a conspiracy. <laughs> we, are, we are here at camp, actually, Lyle. Mm-hmm. And uh, for those of you I who are this, listening. I think this juice fast is affecting, affecting your brain. No way, no way. <laughs> It's making me look good. That's what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> okay, tell us about Big Camp. Okay, so we're here at Big Camp. We are at Stewart's Point Convention Centre. Yes. And um, we have how many back? Several thousands of believers here mm-hmm. having a wonderful time camping for. What is and it like? some non believers as well. And some non believers as well, yes. Yeah, everybody's but welcome. But it's, it's nice when you have like a Christian community, everyone gets together yeah, with a fantastic. common interest. Yeah. And we have all different kinds of workshops. There's speakers, there's events, there's stuff happening for the kids. There's so I feel like camp is predominantly for kids sometimes. They seem to have the best time. They have all different kinds of activities. My greatest memories as a kid growing up were going to big camp. Yeah, same. Which was little camp. Yeah. Because <laughs> it was in Tasmania. But of course, that was the promised land. So, you know, Tasmania is so awesome. I didn't realize the campground owns a water slide. So there's a water slide down the street a bit. There's stuff like Capture the Flag happening. It's a great, great week. So come along. We are at 250 Grassy Head Road, Stewart's Point, at the Stewart's Point Convention Centre. You can join in. You can check out. If you just go online and look up Big Camp, just Google Big Camp, you'll, you'll find us. And there's all different kinds of things you can come along to. So, yeah, lots of workshops. There's a Dr. Arlene Taylor. She's a brain specialist, and she's mm. going to be talking about the difference between men and women. I'm so excited about that one. So, yeah, all different kinds of things happening. But, like. Yes. I found myself in a bit of a moral dilemma here at camp. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. So, this is this is my new story for you today. Okay. I'm, I'm gonna, suddenly a little worried about this one. So, this morning, because, you know, you and I have to go very early to come do the show. Mm. And so, this morning, I was walking around... Um, going from my cabin over to the kitchen to prep my juice. And, you know, it's still a little bit dark. Everyone's asleep. It's been raining, so there's mud and slush and, you know, things. You had some hail. Yeah, I think I had some hail. And, like, you know, all the all the dirt was sluicing down the path and pooling on, the, you know, in different areas. And I found... You're not making big camps sound very appealing <laughs> right now. <laughs> this is what happens in the night. And in the morning, there's a bit of a mess. But this is what I found the ground. Oh, money. I found some money. I found a purple $5 note. It was covered in filth and I had to wash it. Let me see that. Are you going to give back to me? <laughs> Thank you. So I found that I, I cleaned that. Put get that thing out of your pocket. <laughs> but now I'm now I'm wondering what I do with it because I'm at camp. It obviously been washed from somewhere. Yes. Because I was. I have to admit I was bush bashing a little bit. I wasn't sticking to the path. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it always it, it was in like you know you know how when there's been a big rain all the dirt congregates in an area where it's been like sloshed together. It was in one of those patches of dirt. So it's come from. Somewhere. Yeah, well, you know what the Bible says, finders keepers, right? <laughs> Can I have that? Second, second opinion, chapter <laughs> 3, verse <laughs> 10. <laughs> so I think it, actually, I think it might be in the book of Hezekiah somewhere. Uh, really? <laughs> what, do, what do I do with my $5 note now? Like, obviously, it's, it's not mine. It could very easily be mine. It is $5. 
It's a five dollar note. Well, it's it's not like a wallet, is it? You know, a wallet might have some identification in it, or it might be something where you could hand it in, and and somebody could turn up and say, "Well, I'm missing a wallet," and they could say, "Well, describe it," and they could describe it, and then they how it's like how missing descri- a five dollar note. What does it look yeah. like? Well, it's it's um pinkish coloured with yeah, a picture of the queen on it. You know? <laughs> okay, so the thing is, right? Like, if I was a kid and I'd lost a five dollar note, I'd be absolutely devastated, and. The other thing is I do have the option because there is a camp office and I could go to the camp office and hand in and then if some kid had lost it and went to the camp office in like, you know, a state and was like, oh, I lost $5, they would be so happy if they discovered that some honest adult had handed it in. They would restore their faith in adults. You have... <laughs> <laughs> I could recommend what you could do with that five dollars. I know it's just like you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this way. <laughs> the other thing is, I've now told everyone on the radio what I've got. Yeah, so I think you better go and head in and do the right thing. Yeah, no, no, but I'm saying oh, oh, I've told okay, everyone so on the radio. I see so some happens. naughty kids. So this, this is your scheme. Some naughty kids. This kid is your scheme yeah. to be able to keep the five dollars is by yeah. just putting it out on the I radio. I ruined it now. If I it. if I had said I just found some money and not mentioned what quantity it was. I might have still, you know, because that's the test, isn't it? Always, they're like, I found some money. Maybe you've got an opinion if on this. Give tell us a call. Me not. Yeah. What should Mon do with this moral dilemma that she has? One eight hundred three two four eight four three, or give us a text message on zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. Should she turn in the money or should she keep the money? Come on, it's only five bucks. People, help me out. <laughs> <laughs> I have another moral dilemma for you, and this one is a little bit personal for you, Lyle. Oh, okay. You look a bit scared. Yes. Scared and What have confused. I done? What I have I done? It. Okay, okay. I'm, I'm not guilty. I didn't do Barnaby it. Barnaby Joyce. Oh, yeah. He didn't go away. He's back in the news. Uh, no. <laughs> I don't talking about Barnaby Joyce. <laughs> so, as you know, he got into trouble because he, he uh, his office was employing his partner, mm-hmm. um, who, you know, became pregnant with their child. And she's just given birth. P.S. Another, another, another baby being born, uh, young Sebastian. But he's now calling for changes. Well, to praise p- the Lord for a new life in the yeah, world. Exactly, yeah, exactly. So, we've got a couple of new babies this morning. Yeah, babies are always good news. But Barnaby Joyce is now calling for changes to Parliament rules that forbid working with partners. He says, Canberra is a weird place. It's like an old, big old boarding school up on a hill in the middle of Canberra. And we should be allowing partners as much as possible to be there. Otherwise, you have this dysfunctional dichotomy. We have one life in Canberra and another at home. And after decades of doing this, it just doesn't work and things fall apart. I don't want that to happen again. Mm-hmm. He thinks it's a conflict of interest. He mm-hmm. thinks it's insane that a partner who probably knows more about your office than anyone else can't work in your office. He says if they're qualified to do the job, if they have the quals, then why not allow them to do it? Now, mm-hmm. our listeners that don't know, our lovely producer sitting mm-hmm. in our studio with yes, us absolutely. is your wife. Stunningly beautiful. Yes. <laughs> yes. Hot little blonde mm-hmm. is your wife. So, I wanted you to weigh in on this because- No, oh, no. I, I totally agree with Barnaby Joyce on this one. Oh, totally. so you agree with Barnaby Joyce? Absolutely. Absolutely. No question. Okay. Yes. Uh, because, I mean, you think about it. I do a breakfast show. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm up at 4.30, 5 o'clock in the morning. And heading off to work early and then, you know, I'm coming back, say, you know, 10 o'clock in the morning, something like that. By which time, if my wife was not working in a normal job, she'd mm-hmm. be leaving to, you know, or left mm-hmm. and gone to work. Should when are we going to get to see each yeah. other? When are we going to get to spend time together? Mm-hmm. You know, certainly you get evenings together and so forth. But uh, I think that, you know, particularly jobs like this that require you to be away from home for a lot of the year and a lot of the time, mm-hmm. they can be very... Um, damaging on relationships and people get lonely and and loneliness leads to opportunities for temptation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, when I was younger and uh, I realised how the world works in terms that, you know, um, the husband goes off to work and the wife goes off to her own job, I thought that was terrible. And I was like, well, I'm going to do whatever my husband's doing so I can always be together with him. But we do have this conflict of interest where a lot of couples then abuse this power and they do all kinds of naughty things, you know, giving to the perks and... And, um, and this is the dangerous thing because it can be very, very difficult. Um, you, you know, I think about my bosses, for instance, they might find it very difficult to uh, to fire my wife mm-hmm. because then, of course, you know, I might get upset and, uh, you know, if, if, if she was doing the wrong thing, they fire her, I get upset and then I pull out and you've got to find a new um, person. You know, it can be quite quite challenging. So there are some, I can see the pros and the cons either which way. If but as far as relationships go, I think Barnaby Joyce has a point. 
person needs to be qualified. If you have an opinion, give us a call. 1-800-FAITH-FM. Do you work with your partner? Do you, Would you never work with your partner? Give us a call and we can discuss this. But here for now is Casting Crowns. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus. Just to take him at his word Just to rest upon his promise Just to know thus saith the Lord Jesus, Jesus, how I trust him to Faith FM Australia. You are listening to The Breakfast Show with Lyle and Mon and we're just so happy that you're here at camp with us. But if you're not, hey, you can just come on down to camp and be with us. Absolutely. <laughs> just go, join us right here. Stewart's Point Convention Centre, 250 within, Grassy Head I reckon Road. if you're anywhere within, a, uh, say, two hours drive, just get in your car and come now. Yeah, absolutely and worth it. further than that, Pack your gear and be here this evening. There, I reckon there's plenty of uh, empty tents. Oh, that for from, sure. You know, the weekenders have all uh-huh. moved on. You've gone back to work, so there's um, there's plenty of space for everyone. Hey, look, the cabin right next to me is empty. And well, there you go. Yeah, and I'm in a I'm in a cabin with eight I'll bunks. Be sleep, but go on. Ah, you ruined it. What? 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 You ruined it. <laughs> I had a solution to your five dollars. Oh yeah, what was it? Okay, so you've announced it on radio. Everybody now knows that you've you've found five dollars. Uh-huh. So all they need to come, do is come and tell you where they lost it because this is a very, very, very large property. It is a large property, but that's the thing. And there are multiple properties. There are multiple. And you could you could be you could be on any number of several caravan parks. You could be on the campground itself. You could be uh-huh. um, up the road at Yarra Happeny, um, at the was the eco center, whatever. It yeah, is whatever it there. is. But the um, there's, a, there's a whole bunch of different places, and and you'd have to say, well, I lost in such and such a place. That's true, but the thing is. It was definitely washed down from somewhere, so it could have been a long way from wherever the person had dropped it. And even though it would have still been in the same sort of, you know, you know, if if it was 
the main campground, if it was Yarrahapne, if it was the caravan park, surely it'll be from that location. But I do think that gives an unfair advantage to the people who live around me who know where I live. <laughs> <laughs> yes, all your neighbours are going to be knocking on your door. Oh, I lost $5. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <coughs> yeah. Okay. All right, quiz. Yes. Okay, so quiz. Who am I? Which Bible character is this? I was upright in the sight of God, observing all his commands and regulations blamelessly. Okay, what you were a, a what in the sight of God? Upright in the sight of God. Upright. Oh, upright. Upright. My mumbling. Like, what are you saying? Upright. <laughs> I've never heard of upright before. <laughs> I was upright in the sight of God, observing all His commands and regulations blamelessly. So this person who went into seclusion for five months is a Bible character. Who are they? And we've had someone else message us. And they had a suggestion for what I should do with my five bucks. Okay. Just put it in the offering plate, they said. Well, there you go. You could that's do that. Nice. That's nice. That's very nice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. yeah. I think that's an honest way to get rid of it and make it the Lord's problem, I suppose. Well, okay. Here's another solution too. You're going to a, um, you're going to Marcus Mundell's workshop today. Yes. On finances. Did you know, Lyle, they gave away $1,444 yesterday in that workshop? No I was way. so gutted. I didn't. What? Yeah, they had a, they had a, they had a, uh, a canister full of cash, yes. coins, and you had to guess the amount. And if you got the closest to the actual amount, you got to keep it. And I was like, oh, it'll be like 50 bucks. I'm not going to give away that much. They gave away over $1,000. Oh, wow. Yeah, sorry, continue. <laughs> well, I was just going to say you could go along there and ask Marcus Mundell, what should I do with my $5? And maybe he'll give, give you some sound idea. financial advice. Maybe he'll give me investment advice. I'll make money on my 5 bucks. Then I'll keep the, in- the there interest is a story in the and Bible put the 5 bucks back on the There is a story the in the Bible. It's called the story of the talents. Oh? Yes, and the, tell, the Bible says that if God blesses you with something, that you should use it to his glory and honor rather than just burying it and keeping it and uh, returning it as is. And so it should come back. Um, you know, at least doubled, so you should turn your five into ten. Okay, so putting it and back in the mud way. is not a good option. Putting it back in the mud is not a good option, but turn it into souls for the kingdom of God. Okay, 1-800-FAITH-FM. Lay out your treasure in heaven, the Bible says. 1-800-FAITH-FM is the number. If you know the answer to the quiz, we'll send in the DVD uh, to the world, or just tell us what you think I should do with my $5 that I found. Lyle, what's happening in the news today? Well, there's a number of different stories happening, but this one I thought was interesting, and that is that here in Australia... Um, in the next 20 years, we have um, about ooh, a large number of species here, at least 10 that have a 100% chance of, well, not a 100, a, a 94% chance of extinction. That's basically 100%. Yeah, it's pretty. It's near enough too. So they've got a 6% chance of surviving the next 20 years. Oh. And that's really, really sad. You know, it's one of the things that's, that's really close sad. to my heart is that I, I personally, I'm a, a lover of native animals mm-hmm. and particularly um, disappointed when I see animals that become extinct. And it's just another sign, you know, that Jesus is coming back soon. I was looking at this passage in the Bible. Let me just pull it up real quick. I know I've read this on air before, but it's worth reading again. Mm-hmm. It comes from Isaiah chapter 15. 1 and verse 6 and it says and this of course gives the positive spin to it it says lift up your eyes to the heavens and look upon the earth beneath for the heavens will vanish away like smoke and the earth will grow old like a garment and those that therein will dwell in like manner will die in like manner but my salvation bell shall be forever and my righteousness shall not be abolished and when I read that there and I find that you know the Bible says this earth is growing old like a garment but that we need to take our eyes off this earth and focus them on heaven. And that, yes, the people that live on this earth will die, but there is salvation available to each of us. And the animals on this earth will die, all of them, but there is salvation that is available. And it sort of encourages me because I look around at our world right now, and here in Australia we have suffered more extinctions than any other place on earth in a shorter space of time. Wow. Um, and, you know, this is, we lose, oh, what is it, a minimum of 20 million native animals die per day just to predation by cats. Oh. Which is worth thinking about. Mm-hmm. You know, if your cat is out at night or unsupervised. Cats should not be outside animals, full stop. Um, it's just, yeah, yeah that, absolutely. And uh, you've got all of these animals. And one of the things that they were highlighting in this news story is that, the animals that get protected um, and that get funding for protection are the cute ones. Mm-hmm. But if you're not cute and you're not spectacular, and they've got a picture here of uh, um, the King Island um, brown thornbill, 
and it's a pretty plain looking little bird. Yeah, it's 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 cute in its own way, but it's got no color to it. It's got no, it's, it's kind of got you know drab feathers and it's not a panda. Basically, it, it's not a panda. Mm-hmm. It's not a panda, so it's not going to get funding because nobody cares about it. Which is sad and dangerous because people don't seem to always realise the intricate links of an ecosystem. And when one species dies out, it's often linked to other species being affected. Yes, mm. yes, yes, absolutely. And, and this is one of the things that, you know, we've lost over 200 species um, since colonisation here in Australia. And that's, you know, basically a species per year goes to extinction um, in, in this country as a result of us. Yeah, and people seem to think, you know, there's nothing I can do about it. I've never met, like, this horn-billed bird. Um, but, you know, yeah, we, it we, lives on an island in Tasmania. Yeah, but we do <laughs> talk a lot about, um, you know, eco things that we can do. You know, at the moment, the big one being uh, plastic, single-use uh, plastic. And um, just taking care of that in your own personal life can do a huge effect. I mean, look, just recently in Norway, they had the, the humpback whale that died um, – is starved to death because it had 30 plastic shopping bags stuck in its digestive tract. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, and we don't really think, you know, when we're putting our groceries into a plastic bag at Woolies, oh, this plastic bag could end up in the stomach of a whale and kill it. In fact, I heard somebody complaining bitterly that they went to the, on, on Facebook yesterday, they went to the uh, supermarket and didn't end up with a plastic bag to bring their groceries home. And I'm thinking, okay, the, 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 the small first world problems that we complain about, uh-huh. you know, seriously, you're going to uh-huh. complain about that? I yeah. mean, there's nothing bigger in the world to complain about. <laughs> yeah. I, I avoid plastic bags these days and I'm no great greenie. You all know I'm no great greenie, but um, there are certain things that, yeah, you just do your little bit here and there and it all makes a difference. That's absolutely true. The other thing that I wanted to talk about very quickly is um, we need to our prayers need to go out for the uh, for that van attack that took place in Canada, mm-hmm. um, and for particularly for those who are injured and still uh, alive that um, that 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 they will be able to survive and recover from their injuries, and we need to pray for the families of those. Um, it seems that there are a number of fatalities associated with that, and it's a very very sad situation. And once again, it it shows us, you know, as the Bible says. Evil men will grow worse and worse. Mm-hmm. Uh, First Timothy there. The closer we get to the end of time, the more of this we're going to see. And the love of many, the Bible says in Matthew chapter 24 um, and verse 12, will grow cold. Mm. And we live in a world where we increasingly see people that just have no love. None whatsoever. They have reached that point where it is impossible for God to be able to reach them in any way, shape, or form, and they are committing the most horrific atrocities. I mean, this van that they're saying it, it traveled, you know, one and a half kilometers uh, before it came to a stop, and the whole time it was just running people over. Oh, that's just horrific. And it's, it, it's once again, you see horrific stuff like that, and it reminds us to look to Jesus Christ. And to focus our attention on, you know, the promise of his return. Because mm, that's the, the blessed hope that keeps us going. And the fact that his, his love never runs out. And it's going to bring all of this evil to an end one day. We're going to have a song. Um, but yeah, please keep Toronto in your prayers. This is Eric and Monique with their song Everlasting. And let's definitely think about our everlasting father and his love that can become our love if we just ask him.
everybody we have been listening to eric and monique with everlasting here on faith fm we have a guest in our studio we always have a guest at this time of the day and joining us in the studio we have linda ross linda welcome to the show good morning thank you for having me Ah, it's great to have you here on the show just to get to know you a little bit um, and we were just chatting during that song there a moment ago but uh, you're from Newcastle. Yes. Have yep. you always lived in Newcastle? Uh, around that part. So I grew up in the central coast, just okay. half hour from Newcastle. But yeah. So you've never moved far from home then? Well, I did have a, a time in my life where I went over to America for five years. Oh, nice. Yeah. So I have traveled a bit and then yep. came back home. What part of the States? Uh, North Idaho. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Hey, what were you doing there? So I went over there uh, doing summer camps and I stayed on to help out at the camp and be a chaplain at the local school. Ah, oh, nice. That's awesome. So you've got a uh, – that would have given you a um, five years of experience working with children then? Yes, yes. I've Fantastic. always loved working with kids. When I first joined the church, I had a wonderful pastor's wife that roped me into children's church and uh, went from there. Fantastic. Now, when you, you, you mentioned when you first joined the church – um, have you? Do you come from a Christian background? I do come from a Christian background. Um, before I was born, there was some complications, and um, they thought they might lose me. And my mum just stopped and prayed and prayed mm-hmm. for this child that she wanted. And and was she a church going person? Yes, okay. I grew up in the Anglican Church, uh-huh. and so I've always been prayed for. I've always known God and loved God, uh-huh. and then. Uh, my mum felt impressed to send me to a little school. I don't know if you've ever heard of it in Kurumbong at Avondale. And so I started there I've in heard Kindy. Of it. I think Mon's heard of it. <laughs> yeah, Some of our listeners would have heard of it. Yeah, maybe. A whole, whole bunch of other listeners that haven't, but yeah. that's okay. And so um, hearing the teachings of the Adventist church and studying the Bible and being going to Adventist schooling, um, I became to know that as, as the truth and fell in love with the, the church and the church family. So how old were you when you became a Seventh-day Adventist then? So I was 14 mm-hmm. when I made the decision to join the church. And uh, did that bother your, your parents? They were a little bit concerned um, because, you know, what was this church? And it was... It, was it can't have been too bad. They sent you to school there. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and, and I think they just stepped out in faith and... Um, I was going to Charlestown Church at the time, uh-huh. and they saw that they were great people and people who loved God and stuck to the Bible, and 
Yeah. Well, as a rebellious teenager, there's certainly worse things you could do. Yes, but yes. <laughs> it's like, yes, I'm going to be a rebellious teenager. I'm going to go and join a church. That's right. <laughs> yeah. I think that uh, I think that any parent out there who has their who has their children who rebel and choose to do something like that, uh, you know, they've, they've, they've got count their blessings. Yeah, count yes. their blessings. Count their <laughs> yes. blessings for sure. That's fantastic. Okay, so you've become a Seventh Day Adventist and then you've uh, become involved. Is the, it, how old were you when to, when you went to do summer camps? I was uh, eighteen. Okay. Um, and I decided that I wanted a gap year between going off so you to took college. Gap five years. Yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. yeah, went off to just do the summer camps, and then I wanted to stay on a year just to experience life over there. And um, I love ministry and just mm-hmm. get a taste of what it was like to to go into ministry over there and work with kids. You come back with an American accent. I did, and, <laughs> and an American husband. So. Oh, there you go. Well done. Yeah, yeah that's, the, that, that's the way to do it, Linda. That's yeah, the way to do it. Because, it. Um, Both of you have done that, yeah, gone over to the States and come back with an there, American souvenir. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> Interesting choice it. of souvenir, guys. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> One yeah. that lasts a, life, lasts a lifetime. Yeah, uh-huh. fantastic. So he now lives in Australia with you. Yes. Oh. When we had our first child, I said, I'm going home. <laughs> so. Okay. Oh, so you got married in America and were living in America. Yes, yeah. See, we moved to Australia two days after our wedding. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, fantastic. Okay, so now um, this, of course, relates to what you're doing now. And you've done a number of different things in ministry through the years. Mm. Um, tell us about what you're doing now with children. Because mm, it sounds like you do have a passion for children because you keep coming back mm. to, to kids. And so I'm, I'm like, she's going to say kids for sure. I just know it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I do have a passion for kids. And I have a passion for kids growing up and knowing that they're of value and knowing that they are loved and have love within them, no matter how the world treats them. And two years ago, I was working in a classroom and I asked the children what does it take to be loved and belong? Mm -hmm. And the answers that we got over the next 10 minutes were quite discouraging. You had to be um, buff. You had to wear certain clothes. You had to um, have money. And I looked at the board after we'd finished and I felt, this is so wrong. That's heartbreaking. And this was in grade two. Often we think of identity issues in high school and Mm. teen years. But this was in grade two, and they were pretty set in their ideas of what it took to belong. Wow. I never even went to school in grade two. <laughs> I just played in the bush when, it, when I was that age. Well, I never went to school until year four. That was probably, you know, possibly a good thing, you know. And I wanted to be a part of the change. Yeah. And I thought, oh, what can I do? Being a teacher and having been in children's ministries for 20, over 20 years now, I decided that. I could do something different, and I started with running a girls' program called Flourish. Okay, just 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 backing up a quick second, if I yeah. could. Um, is was this your experience? Did you struggle fitting in when you were in year two, or was uh, life different back then? For me, it was an interesting thing for how I grew up. I had a great group of friends at school, mm-hmm. great friendships, but it was always interesting because. Back when I went to school, it's a very different um, system now, but when I went to school, it was spot the non-Adventist. Right. And so it oh, was... Oh, so you were the non-Adventist? Yeah. Oh, wow. So um, it was, you know, if you bring a ham sandwich to school, yeah, you know, the kids would tease you. And I remember one day leaving my ham sandwich in my lunchbox because I, I didn't want to be teased. Mm, mm. And so while I fit in, I had a great group of friends. It was an interesting dynamic. I should mention now that what, what's, the, what's the ratio in schools of... Um totally the opposite. Yeah, yeah. I think it's my kids are Adventists and they're, you know, they're in the minority. The minority. Yeah, mm-hmm. so anybody, you know, anybody, the, the schools these days are very welcoming to everybody. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and, and it's totally different and, and working in the schools now. It's mm. a totally different environment. And I, I don't want to um, put down my school experience because I had a great... Um, sure. Uh, and I felt like I've been brought up an Adventist because I went to Adventist education, <laughs> yeah. you know, and summer camps. And so it was just that interesting dynamic of having to stand and know who I was uh-huh. and be comfortable with who I was because I was often in situations where I was on my own, not not in terms of friendships, not in terms of being physically alone, 
but standing alone for what I believed in. Sure. Because my family didn't um, believe in the Adventist teachings back then, mm-hmm. um, I was alone at home. Mm-hmm. And then at mm-hmm. school, because my family wasn't uh, Adventist, I was alone there. So I had to really know who I was. Mm. I had to really know what I believed and have the strength within me to follow that conviction. And praise God that you were able to sort through some of these issues mm. uh, at, at a young age because I, I think a lot of people, uh, and you can correct me on this, but I think a lot of young people really struggle with um, sorting those through at all, ever. Mm. Mm. Now, coming back to, I, I know I sort of, I took you back there, mm. but coming back to um, what you're working with now, so you've, you've done this, um, I guess, a, a survey with year two students as to what, you know, is going to make them fit in. And how does a, how does a year two student, you know, be buff i mean seriously you sort of it's like it just does my head in that um that these are kind of the things that uh, that they're thinking of i think mm. that's tragic so um yeah let's pick the story back up there and 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 take it from there as to uh what you're doing now yeah well what i found in that experience and actually teaching and and working with kids in ministry and also uh I took a break from teaching to do life coaching mm-hmm. just before that and so working with um women who were struggling with their identity issues um, and where that comes from and and it kept coming back to childhood experiences and coaching teens and so what I what I worked out is it came down to three concepts and who I am Mm -hmm. what I can do and and my purpose in life and the the words that I put to that was I am I can and I will Okay, and if we, and I learned that if we can establish the I am in kids, mm-hmm. my value, I am wonderfully made, I am precious, mm. um, you know, I am unique, I'm one of a kind for a reason, and then say I can love and be loved, I can choose, and I can overcome, dispelling the myths that love is something that comes from the world and gets put on us. So if we're good enough, if we're smart enough then we get love mm-hmm, and dispelling mm-hmm. the myth that we're actually created with love inside us. Yeah. And the more we acknowledge that love and let it flow and grow within us, we'll always have love. And I guess in some ways, well, um, you can't, it's impossible not to be loved. And I think a lot of children don't feel loved, but God loves everybody. And mm. if kids could just grasp that, you know. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and that's an important thing, the aha moments for mm. actually all ages is to know, oh, I've always got love. doesn't matter how the world treats me. Um, I, I am loved. How long have you been working with this program, Empowering Children? So that we've been working for the last three years, mm-hmm. and I ran a, a group, and then other people started to hear about the group and wanted to know about what we were doing. And I knew that I couldn't travel around the world doing these groups i've got my family at home sure so as a teacher i wrote the program and the resources and yeah we um we sell those resources to local schools communities um groups social working groups and they use them because it's important that the local church walks by these children as well Mm. yeah Mm. so and and how how widely has this program been picked up yeah, we've had um, a lot of schools up and down the coast mm-hmm. use it and um, then churches have used it as well. Yep. Um, so I've even been down as south as Aubrey mm-hmm. uh, last year. So their school um, also asked me to write a boys' program and they've trialled a K-2 program mm-hmm. um, and they ran it as a school and it made a massive difference in their behaviour um, discipline in their self-esteem of their kids and it was a really high day to go down to their school and see the difference. Yeah, sure. Mm. Now, you run workshops on uh, this kind of thing? Yes. Yeah, so so you've, you've, written, you've written, the, written the material. The material is now starting to spread. Mm. Um, but you, you said you can't obviously take it to the world because of your family commitments. Yeah. And I really respect that. That's great because you've obviously got a great product here that um, you could easily go, yeah, you know what, I'm just going to I'm gonna travel the world with this. Yes. Um, but uh, instead of doing that, you're focusing on your family and getting your family sorted. Mm. Um, and, and that really gives you great qualifications to talk on this subject. But um, 
where and how do you uh, you, you do workshops in a, in, in a local area? Yes. So the workshops that I do is empowering people that want to make a difference in the life of kids. Right. So my motto ah, is invest so in a child and, and change the world. Right. So I cre- the workshops that I run is creating confident and connected kids in your community. Mm-hmm. And then the products that flourish and victorious and sprouts that they can get from me is a pick up and run program that they use then in their community mm-hmm. to make a difference. So. And this is uh, is this exclusively used by school teachers or who? No. Who, who, who is a part of what, what, one of these workshops? This is how I found that it was more of God than me of what's been happening. People have used it in their community groups. People have used it in their churches, um, small groups. People have even used it in their homes when they're having trouble with their kids at home and facing bullying. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's just what I've learned is that people can pick up and use the parts of the program and how it best suits their community to make a difference in the lives of the kids that they're working Mm with. Mm, that's fantastic. Do you have a uh, like a website somewhere that maybe our listeners can jump on and get more information? Yes. So my website is www.lindajross.com and that they can get in um, touch with me there. I also have a Flourish Facebook page so they can contact me on there as well. Okay, great. We'll put that information up on our Facebook page, Faith FM Australia, and uh, we can link it across. And then if people, I guess, if they want to use it just in their home or in whatever community they're involved in, they can, uh, I guess, like a plug and play kind of a system. Yes, fabulous. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, and the more of this that we can get out there into the community, the better. It, um, it's so important. I remember, you know, even even myself going through, when I went from, you know, primary school, I was a little school out in the bush and I just fitted in naturally with everyone, went to a big city school and, and didn't know who I was or where I was going or, or, or anything and didn't fit in with anybody and, and it would have been fantastic to have, um, you know, people that were really trained to help a person understand, a young person understand their value. Mm. So I really, really appreciate what you're, what you're doing there. Fabulous. So com and people can contact you there. Thank you so much for joining us, Linda. It's been a pleasure having you on the program and uh, praise God for what you're doing. We're going to move on at this particular time. And we have coming up Anthem Lights with the Hallelujah Melody. What a Man of sorrows, what a name for the Son of God who came sinners to reclaim hallelujah what a savior bearing shame and scoffing road in my place condemned he stood
if what God has already done isn't enough for you, nothing's going to be enough for you. Because it's meant to be real. And real life stories have baggage. We know that Peter's a loose cannon. It's all about context. And he chose different personalities to express that because his personality is infinite. If it's a love song written to us, when we're at our lowest points, we've got backup. Like a lot of the rational arguments for the existence of God, they tend to work better after you believe. Hi, this is Luke from oztabletalk.com.au. Please join myself and some of my closest friends as we explore our faith through conversation, Bible study, interviews, and more. You can find us online at oztabletalk.com.au. That's oz as in Australia, A-U-S, tabletalk.com.au. Looking forward to seeing you there. Bye. I'm so glad that's recorded because I want to write that down. Yeah. <laughs> Someone called it the care package there. <laughs> wow. <laughs>